<laughs> if you have ever wondered how to use social media or marketing in a sales context, then this episode is for you. Let's welcome Rhonda Hughes. Salesperson still is the expert of that product, and I'm looking for them for the knowledge. One of the biggest ways that you can drive impact is really just being helpful. You're in sales and you are passionate about content. Like that should be something that you naturally want to learn more about and like be more connected in. On this episode, Rhonda and I are going to be talking about all kinds of things, social media, content and marketing and how we in the sales world should adapt and use to it. But before I continue speaking more, if you haven't done so, smash that like button and leave me a subscribe. It makes a big difference. The more engagement we have on the show, the bigger it's going to get, the better it's going to get. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, on Apple Music, or here on YouTube, you're watching this, you're the best. Thank you and enjoy this episode. Now, Rhonda has 17 years of experience in the field of content, of social media, of marketing, and she's helped companies like SurveyMonkey, Zoom, Citrix, GoTo, Mural. She's a real expert in her field. And we're going to be talking about all things about storytelling, how to use it in the sales context, why it is important, and what kind of engagement to drive with it, how to create your own content that it's authentic and that it speaks in the company language. It's a great episode. You're really going to enjoy this. And now enjoy the conversation with Rhonda Hughes. Rhonda, great to have you on the show. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because it's a topic which is close to my heart. Uh, it's about marketing. It's about content creation and uh, how we deal with it. And you, obviously, I've introduced you. Um, you have been a buyer and you have prepared sales teams as well with content of, of what to share and how to share. And I'd love to give you a perspective on how the world of content or the informed customer, let's call it, has changed. Yeah, I mean, I guess I come from the perspective too of like, hasn't it always been better to be helpful and consultative um, in, in that approach? Um, but like you said, my background comes from marketing and social media and content, advocacy, customer, you know, communications and things like that but also coming from the marketing side of having worn the hat of buying a lot of tools to support my team. And so like kind of thinking about the things that experiences I've had with certain like account teams um, that have been more positive than negative. Um, and also how I go about making purchasing decisions and what do I do beforehand before I make that call and and what do I expect from that like first interaction. And so um, a couple things that I would call out, one is like take time to do the research uh, you know, about who I am and what problems my company has. Doesn't need to be like super in depth, but having some sort of, you know, showing that you've done some homework makes a huge difference. And that sounds small, but like I've definitely had conversations uh, that it was very clear that they didn't know what my company did. Um, a little customization goes a really long way. And, um, you know, don't be creepy about it because I know we salespeople have access to some really incredibly powerful tools. Uh, and, you know, you got to walk that line. Um, when I reach out, so before I think about purchasing a tool, I do a little bit of background into like, um, what do I, what am I trying to solve? What's, what's the like requirements that I'm looking for? And then I go to things like G2 or Gartner Peer Insight, kind of get a lay of the land of like, okay, what kinds of tools out there and who is ranking what? So I might pick like, you know, three to four um, to start with of just like, these are the ones I'm going to look and then I do a little bit of back channeling with people in, you know, similar roles to me to understand, like, is there one that like is just the hated thing? You know, is there anybody that I should just like automatically kind of weed out? Once I reach out to sales, what I'm looking for is um, I want to see the product in action. I want to know, like, what does it look like? What does it um, feel like 
to use day to day. And I also want to understand that it meets all those requirements. So I do think that, you know, a salesperson still is the expert of that product. And I'm looking for them for the knowledge. And yes, all that information is probably out there somewhere. But aggregating it and digging through the website and all those kinds of things, I don't want to do that with my time. So I'd rather like tap into this expert and be able to say, look, this is what I'm trying to do. Does it do these things? And then also, what am I not thinking about? You, I think, have an incredibly unique and valuable position um, that you're talking to people just like me every day, and I don't get to do. And so you have helped a lot of people solve this problem that I have, and there might be other things that I should be considering as part of those requirements um, or just to make sure that this program or this you know, process in place that I'm going to put for my team is successful. And so I think it is still you've got to give that information and you are the expert in that, but also looking at more of that consultative piece, um, being that person that can come to me and help me feel more confident with the decision that I'm making as well. So it sounds really simple, but I think one of the biggest ways that you can drive impact is really just being helpful. I love that. And um, at the beginning, of course, when you're reaching out to to your customer or to your prospect, um, we, we do, Let's say the cold call, of course, is not dead. That's what we do in, in sales. And we, we, we try to engage and we try to bring attention to it. But the customer or the prospect is, of course, very informed because they go dig. They, and as you said, you are an informed customer before you even think about purchasing. You're, you know, some, somewhere it has been found uh, and you have found the product uh, that you want to talk about. And um, of course, you're also part in creating that space you know, with social content or with marketing content, how would you now describe it from the other side of how to, you know, be visible? If I'm thinking about a certain pro uh, a, a topic that then this comes up to, uh, to light, that, uh, that product comes up to light or that company or maybe even that person as the expert. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a lot of what marketing is, right? Like, there's only this small fraction of people who are looking to solve this problem right now. And so what you want to be able to do is like create that um, as the go-to, whether it's the brand itself, or I think there's a, a lot of opportunity as individuals, employees of a company to, to like become that go-to person in their mind as someone who is knowledgeable around this area of business. And so um, you and I worked together at Zoom. You think about like the communication space and how do you manage a team you don't see every day? And you know, by sharing content on things like social media and at a regular cadence, you start to develop that like um, brand in people's head of like, this person knows what they're talking about. When I have this problem in the future, that's who I'm going to go to or that's who I'm going to think about. And that's like in the very basic kind of way of like how you would think about branding yourself um, and the company to come up as one of the potential solutions when they do face that problem in the future. And let's talk about those guardrails, um, because <laughs> posting stuff on social, some people love to post the content from the company, and uh, it's very generic. Some people like to create everything themselves and uh, have uh, funny, funny pictures. Those two are, are two opposites, or maybe they go into the same space. Is there something where you would recommend that on the one hand, you position yourself as an expert, but on the other hand, also have an identification with what you actually sell yeah i mean what you share depends on it's always going to be easier to share what other people have created right and yeah. give it your spin so what you share is going to depend on your audience and you know when you think about 
specifically social media. And, and I've done a lot of like training to sales and other like employees on how do you build your professional brand? Because like, what do you do from a, a professional standpoint in social media is a little bit different. It should be more intentional. A lot of people, when they're using social media from a more personal side, you're like getting inspired or you're getting educated or you're using different channels for different things. But um, as a you know employee of so-and-so brand, what are you trying to do with social media? And a lot of times it is focused on LinkedIn. So that's what I'll talk, um, you know, primarily. But um, first is the kind of understanding, what are you trying to get out of it? Like, who are you trying to connect with? Who do you want to learn from? So it's not just about like broadcasting this message and selling more. It's, it's really about trying to be thoughtful about how you're getting more connected and more educated about the problems facing, you know, adjacent to what your product, your product and services provide. And so um, the opportunity is really for you to be building that credibility as a person who can be trusted to consult um, on this topic, not just your product itself, um, but the problem and that solution. And so I think showing up again and again related to those areas is how you build a brand and using social media, you can actually like step back and try to think about, I want to share one of these things, you know, every couple of weeks and be a little bit more intentional with that. Um, I do recommend that you don't just focus on what your product is because most people won't be at that same company forever and always. And so being thoughtful about like where your role is, like you're in sales and you are passionate about content, like that should be something that you naturally want to learn more about and like be more connected in. Obviously your product and services, like the space they play. There's also other things professionally that might just be something that you know, interesting and that you want to learn more about. And so really thinking about it like holistically as an individual, not just as like a representative of this brand. Um, and so like, I know your question was more specifically around like, what do you share? But I do think stepping back and saying like, well, what the heck are you trying to do here? Um, and then the sharing of content and those connections kind of come into it as well. Um, but one really important thing that like I want to stress is that you can't fake this. It, yeah. the, it, what you're really trying to do is build connections and build credibility within a space. There is actually a way to fake it and make it really like almost in a way um, using like AI and using these like social content scheduler tools. If you don't take the time to actually get knowledgeable and connected in these spaces and like understand what's happening in the world, um, it's not going to help you from from a from a sales standpoint, because once you get in the conversation with this person, it's going to be real clear to know that you actually don't know what you're talking about. And so um, my advice, my like very tangible kind of like steps advice, I would say is one is like, take the time to get connected and think about, uh, and what I mean by connected is like actually following, you know, different people that are involved in these spaces within social media so that you are seeing what they're thinking about and what they're talking about and what's top of mind. Also building a practice around like your prospects. Anytime in the olden days when you would share like a business card, you should be building those connections and just making sure that you're growing your network in a really thoughtful way. Um, number two, like taking time to actually get informed about what's happening in the spaces that you care about. I go so far as to say I'm a big fan of time blocking calendars because otherwise if it's not on my calendar, I'm not going to do it. Schedule 30 minutes, an hour a week to step back and read about what's happening in the spaces that you care about. Um, across both that like professional kind of area, but then also those other spaces, um, because this is part of how you grow your influence and your knowledge is actually taking the time to see what people are saying. Um, and so building that habit to get informed and understand. Now, when you're spending that time, you're reading things like your company blog and your customer stories, but also the news and the happenings at large, watching their videos, 
listening to podcasts, whatever format you really create um, or gravitate to, um, this is going to make you a more empathetic person to the problem that your customers and your prospects are facing and more knowledgeable as a whole. So like that's where I go back to saying you can't really fake it. Um, it really takes getting the time and doing this. And so taking time to get connected, um, build that network, get informed. And then from the things that you're reading and you're engaging and you're sharing with, you're going to start to be like, well, that was really interesting. That wasn't probably worth reading. Um, and you're going to start to have thoughts around like, what is this? What it, why was this cool? Why did this make you think differently? Um, what was the stat that was kind of um, surprising to you? That's what you want to be sharing in social media is that point of view, those um, thoughts related to those areas. Don't just share an article without that context because people don't want to click on things anymore. They want you to like, tell me what I should take away from this. And that's where that opportunity to really start branding yourself. Um, again, backing it in your actual expertise and your actual thoughts, because uh, that's going to be the authentic, like um, consultative kind of like collaborative kind of stuff that you can bring to a conversation. Um, so you're getting connected, you're getting informed, you're you're starting to share things on social media. I think that's where a lot of companies have things like, um, you know, uh, a tool in place, employee advocacy, social selling. Um, some of the big ones are Octopost and um, Everyone's Social. LinkedIn actually has the ability to schedule posts in advance, or there's a tool called Buffer that has a free version. Um, and so that will just help you to build the habit of sharing things related to those kind of brand buckets that you've defined. I want to be more knowledgeable. I want to be more thoughtful about these things. Um, so you're going to share the things that you find interesting. I'm not saying like five things a day. We all have that person that you follow that like, <laughs> oh my goodness, get them out of my feed. And what do you do? You hide them or you unfollow because you're just like, it's creating noise. And what you want to do is create value, not noise. So like really try to be thoughtful about the cadence. I would say like, Probably, you know, two times a week is probably good enough for most people, um, one to two times a week. Uh, and then, you know, as a bonus sprinkle on top, like take time to actually engage with other people's things. That's actually where there's a huge opportunity to stand out as a brand um, because you are other people are taking the same time to put their thoughts out in the world. And doesn't it feel good when somebody recognizes that and has a conversation around it? Um, and so be thoughtful about not just what you're putting out into the world, but like, how are you adding to what other people have? Just a quick reminder in the middle of the show, if you haven't done so, and you have the device in your hands, please smash that subscribe button and leave me a like or any kind of comment. If you're watching this on YouTube, it makes a huge difference. The more engagement we get on the show, the better it's going to get. And I do it for the sales community for you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now back to the episode. You said one so thing with. <laughs> <laughs> I just let you go because I think it's really, uh, really interesting. And you said one thing which stuck to me, um, and that's all the whole thing about AI. And uh, what I see at the moment, I, I see like the volume of content is exploding, and it's very easy and, and fast to 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 check who like actually put the effort in, who who didn't. And I'd love to. I don't know if you have that, but uh, to see some data on that, if if it actually makes sense to post these things. Or if it's just conceived at or or, or or seen as noise, like at the beginning it was like, wow, these these people are like very thoughtful posts on such a regular basis with a different picture and and um, but now I I don't really care that much to be honest what they post. Yeah, I think that I mean anytime there's a really new kind of fancy tool, which AI has just exploded, right? Like and the implications are just it's hard to even articulate what this is going to impact, but. 
certainly from a social and content standpoint, things are about to get way noisier. Um, both people talking about AI, but then also just using AI to try to automate what they're doing. Now, I am all about using tools to like streamline, but I think what you want to try to do is offload like uh, the tactical stuff so that you can really focus on the ideas and the like, you know, so I think it's good, not evil, I guess I would say. Um, I think there's also just generally the trend that people don't click on articles as much. And that's something that we've seen over, you know, the years in social media, but it's becoming even more so where some channels will, um, and you'll see people do this all the time in LinkedIn of like link in comments because it does uh, the you know LinkedIn and the algorithm focus on surfacing different kinds of things. And so to your point about, you asked before about like how much do you share versus how much do you create? Always a way to share your thoughts in a way that doesn't necessarily tie to an article is, you know, or you're referencing, hey, I've read some things recently. Um, and so you can certainly go that way. The, you know, focusing on creating things that in and of itself is valuable is really helpful. Bringing out the inside visual visuals visuals are so so key um to earning that attention um and i think uh there was something else i was going to add there but i have lost my train of thought so i think <laughs> it was the visual part um is so so huge but i forgot what i was going to say there um <laughs> i think you were maybe alluding also to like video as a format too was that where your question was kind of coming to or well, that, I think that's one of the things which where you can create something which may be of value. I mean, I hope the value, the the things which I create create value because I enjoy doing it and I and I and I want to share it for positivity. But it's also something which cannot be like done in an in an instant over any kind of chat uh, or uh, or AI bots. Uh, you know, you need to you need to have a thought. You need to produce it. There's there's and and I think people recognize the work which you put in there, and all yeah. of a sudden you're being seen as the person who puts in the work, and um, and that's maybe one thing which uh, to go further, and uh, that's also about like finding new prospects, but also retaining relationships. Um, I think there's like, so I, I had a conversation the other day about this. There's like you need two different forms of content. One, to like just have the high level, the people that go in, and then you actually need a second piece of content, which is on your LinkedIn page where people can dive deep and actually understand who you are. Um, have you ever experienced like the two different kind of like the attraction, the, the prospect and the, is there, would you say, or would you say it's just being authentic and, and getting yourself out there? It's always kind of a mix of that. And again, it kind of always goes back to like, who's your audience and what are you trying to do? Um, but there's certainly a lot of value in just sharing information in a really concise way and giving people the like, the like too long didn't read kind of version. Um, some people are going to want to geek out and get like more in depth with what do you got there. Mm -hmm. um, and so having those versions as well um, and actually using that. So on the marketing side of things, oftentimes we think about this, if I'm understanding the question correctly, like big rock and little rock, like you've got these like pillar assets that go really in depth on a topic um, and uh, the problem and you know the potential solution, both from like a practical side of things and then also from a tool side of things. Um, and then you break those into a lot of different ways that you bring them to life, different lenses, different visuals, different ways. Um, because one, you, you can't assume that everybody's seen everything. It's mm. so noisy out there. Like, and, and two, even if they've seen it, 
like there's value in telling someone something over and over again and making sure that they totally understand it. Right place, right time and context are really big ones um, as well. Uh, it isn't, you know, I think one of the things with AI is that it is less about the opportunity to shine is less about that information because it's so readily available. It's about finding a fresh and concise and maybe like even entertaining kind of way to present it into you. You are going to see things like video or audio or just like other kinds of formats. Like people don't want to read all the time. And um, so, yeah, thinking about how you bring those things to life well, doesn't necessarily need, uh, mean that you should be creating your own episodic series that's like completely separate. That's like on this level of the spectrum. I think that there's value in looking at what exists out in the world and creating your own bite-sized kind of version of what that takeaway is or, um, you know, a fun visual that you've just like drawn on your own, you know, napkin or that sort of thing. And so, but I do think uh, people are really good BS detectors. So you can very clearly see in your LinkedIn who is doing something because they want to be a thought leader and the intention is to try to be influential versus trying to be helpful and build connections and help their community. And so like, I think to your point this, you know, a little bit earlier when you were talking about like, you hope that you create value, not noise. Um, I think that that comes through in, mm. in people's authenticity in the way that they, one, um, present that information. And then two, like actually engage with people who have comments in that. What I always find interesting is when Someone puts something out in the world and it actually is thought provoking. And you'll see all these people commenting crickets, no replies from the person who originally posted it. To me, that indicates that like it is more they're using social as more of a vehicle for um, broad distribution is like, here's my words. Here's what I say. The power is really in more of that conversation. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> How do you see that evolving? I mean, I think there's been. Um... Wow, long, oh, it's probably about eight years ago when I joined uh, LinkedIn for the first time, which was way too late, uh, where everybody was like already on it. And uh, I was like, why would I need that? And then I joined uh, Oracle, the big tech company. And I was like, you're not on LinkedIn. Well, we had a German thing, which was like small and doesn't, I don't know if it still exists, but um, okay. yeah, um, okay. saying, but, it, okay. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it's definitely LinkedIn, like wherever I go, like even the old, um, uh, companies that they're all on LinkedIn now. It's that, that has definitely taken over. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it opened up in a completely new world for me, which I thought was fa fascinating. And uh, I actually read something the uh, the other day, which I thought was interesting. We have a, a, a an influencer in Germany, and she does personal branding influence uh, uh, for. She calls it the corporate influencing, and uh, and she but she says that actually to be visible within your own um company it's more important to be visible outside with your comp content outside the internet outside your email feed because the i'm gonna lie about the statistic but it was something like 20 percent like people There's know for everything i'm sure that's true <laughs> <laughs> it was it, I'm, it was literally something like astonishing it was like people like the new product comes out people know about it from internal communication 20% and 80% from uh, uh external communication which is just like wow and they got that from social media from people posting about it and not from how yeah. they should be speaking to so i think that's also something for companies to 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 understand and and guide their people which kind of brings me to the next question what would you 
like to see or what what do you think is valuable for salespeople to you know take that uh, information and post it do you think it's also you know you said things about offering perspectives taking external links posting those uh, about it how would you because i always i'll be honest uh, when i uh, was still in ae i always found it hard to just post the standard uh, um, content or like we used to <laughs> when i started we still had papers you know it was like i'll prefer to build my own presentation and and you know add the things which i think are relevant and i know uh, um, where we worked together we had a great uh, planner where we could add which slides were relevant and and then give our own spin to it but it's such a complex field um and at the end of the day it's the question of the impression i always had the feeling like is this putting me in the right light as the sales professional and uh and then I always have to ask myself, is that vanity or is that actually the right belief? What do you think? So I, I'm a huge advocate of, so whenever I think about a strategy, uh, whether it's for social or brand or what, I'm always thinking about from my perspective, like what is the story the brand is going to say? What, and then how do you activate others? Yeah. Um, because there's some places that the brand will never have exposure to and never have authenticity within. So, um, you know, employees and how you activate them, customers, community, influencers, like um, friendlies, like there are so many different ways you can think about that. But I do think employees, especially within sales, recruiting is another one that has like a vested interest. Your job yeah. has to do with connecting and sharing information. And so, um, you know, I think I've been involved in building like formal programs for four different companies related to this. And I've got some like strong opinions about how they should be done. Um, you know, I tend to think very much about the employee first, because again, I think people see when it's like, everybody's just shared the exact same language with the like employee hashtag all at the same time. And I don't think what companies really want or employees, nobody wants this, is a bunch of robots who all say the same thing. But it does require that people understand like what all is happening across the company and what there's an opportunity to give like a starter kind of like, here's how you might um, represent something like this when you're sharing it on social media. But what you really want is for them to feel so confident that they understand what that message is and they know how to put it in their own words. And so I guess to answer your question, huge value in that. And I think every company should be thinking of it if they aren't already. And that has changed, I think, pretty considerably over the last like 10 years. Um, you do see more of these formal programs in place. Um, a lot of the formal program, I'm going to get myself in some trouble with some people, um, are thinking, like, this is what you say, do not veer away from that. To me, that is not the way that you do this well, but obviously the more that you open things up so that people have the ability to share their own perspective and their own you know, opinions or their own content that they source from somewhere else, there's more risk. And I totally understand that, you know, coming from the world that I, you always have to think about like, well, how do you do this in a way that is going to keep the company safe? Um, and then also employees. And so like, but to me, it really is leaning more on being, you know, a program like that is more on like educating people. How do you think about social media? How do you show up? What kinds of things can you share? Um, what kinds of things you never touch? Don't touch competitor stuff um, publicly. There's too much risk. Don't <laughs> Security, that's another one that's like a big one. Um, those tend to be the like bigger kind of uh, risky areas, but like what's happening with them? Also be careful about customer stories, I would say would be the other. Um, 
you know, salespeople have access to and, and deal with customers day to day, customers that love the brand, but there are policies in place within their own organization on whether they can talk about it publicly. So you can actually get a customer in like trouble with their own comms team if you're having them advocate for your behalf and they're not doing it through the right way. So like, those are kind of like the three, I would say, like the, but if it's like something that's published on the blog or the customer stories or whatever, you're free to go. Um, but, you know, in terms of like creating your own, I went to this customer's um, event and I was there and they're not cool with you saying that publicly, then you're going to, you know, you're just putting risk out there. So I think, again, I kind of veered away from what your question was, but I guess to kind of bring it back, like, I do think that it's incredibly valuable. If I were to think about what kinds of stuff you do, I think I talked a little bit about like how yeah. I would approach social media from a professional standpoint. Um, in terms of, I think there was one other element of your question. Remind me. Well, the question, one, the, the, the main question is how much individuality or, or do you put into it? And my personal question was, is it vanity where I think, uh, or is there actually the value that it, the perception of the, of the person watching this is actually seeing like, okay, it's, he did something with what, you know, I, I personally, when I buy a mobile phone, let's, let's give a very simple example. I go to the shop here in Germany and uh, they give me a prospect, like a, a flyer and some people start to draw on it and start to give context to everything. And all of a sudden I'm like, I, I, I enjoy that because it's individualized and it's, and it's clearly not walked through it the way the company would have wanted it, but it made sense for me. So I, I, or it's very well scripted. <laughs> yeah. Personal touch matters. And this yeah. is where, so there's the like sharing of content. Like there's like a spectrum, I would say. Okay. So this is when I'm thinking from a company standpoint, you've got like, you know, typically a lot of organizations have those kind of formal programs and they're going to like in one way, shape, form, it has some sort of content aggregation. Here's all the good stuff you can yeah. share. Um, and you should be able to like find the things that you find interesting. In an ideal world, you're sharing that stuff, but with your own perspective and also mixing in things outside of that that are more true to you as an individual. Some tools out there allow you to do that through those, you know, kind of same tools so that it's a lot easier. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, I think is what you're talking about that is more of like creating of content, um, which I am a huge fan of. Again, going back to like, I'm going to activate everybody to tell my story, but I wouldn't be a good marketing citizen if I did not tell you there is a ton of risk there. And as yeah. a salesperson, don't go creating your own content series without getting like, without one stepping back and thinking, what are you trying to do? And creating a brief that kind of outlines that. So like if I were to use an episodic series, like what you're doing right here, we're <laughs> um, wanting to create something like that. Um, some organizations, smaller ones are probably like, heck yeah, go forth and do high five. Um, the bigger the organization, the more you're gonna need to think about, well, do you have the right information? Are you acting as the spokesperson on as the brand? There's a lot of like risk to assess. Um, and you got to make sure you're going through the right channels. And so the recommendation that I would have there, because I have done a lot of this, I think one of the trends I would say, okay, you got a lot with AI. There's also this creator culture where people are wanting to more authentically in these kind of video formats or audio format, create things, their perspective and put them out in the world. And I think that's a beautiful thing, but that is not necessarily what you're hired for. So like you need to make sure that and first and foremost, your manager is cool with you spending time even thinking about what creating a series might want to look like. Um, so really start with, uh, you know, going to your manager, um, understanding that like, hey, I have an idea. Can I, can I explore this idea? Good, good. Okay, great. 
second step would be stepping back and actually creating a brief, which is where you would document what are you trying to do? Um, who's the audience you're trying to engage with? How and, and like, how do you plan to shape it? Um, for anyone who hasn't created content like this in the past, it is a tremendous amount of investment. You got to have a lot of love and blood and sweat and tears to be putting towards this. And so part of what I like with people would come to me, example in Zoom, I'd say, I want to have a series. Or I would see that I created a series and I was like, hi, friend, we're going to have to talk <laughs> about this series. It usually starts with the like, okay, what's the goal? Who's the audience? What else is out in there? Or is the brand creating something that like kind of fits this, but doesn't need its own separate thing? You know, what does success look like? What are you trying to be? Um, what are the topics you're going to cover? Uh, how are you going to produce it? How are you going to edit it? How are you going to host it? What are you going to do? Like all those things. And once you get it all down, most people are like, oh, I hadn't thought about all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you've got some truly passionate people that are knowledgeable that is like you know want to be involved in this. Uh, you got to start with understanding what what are you doing, and then you can talk to your boss. Hey, you cool with me doing this? If you're a salesperson that's not making your numbers, it's not a good way to invest your. Time. <laughs> but then once you've got that kind of like initial buy-in and you've got an idea of like what you're trying to accomplish, even if you're trying to do this on your own, not branded through like not like your logo branded kind mm. of thing you still if you're doing it on you know company time and you're talking about an area that you own especially thinking about linkedin and where your name is associated to where you work you're gonna need to work with your communication your marketing team your social team um it looks different in company to company but i would start with social and understand and so they're going to be able to advise on one do they already have a process in place for things like this a lot of people don't because this is like the bleeding edge this is the great mm. place where figuring out okay so you're not a content creator for marketing but you want to you've got value but are you a spokesperson are you not um and being able to give you the guardrails on things like well what what can you do some of the things that i you know will advise is probably a no-fly zone for you is doing interviews with customers because you are an individual within the organization you got one good ask for a customer is that the best place to put that effort? Or would it be better to have the PR team leverage them or the advocacy team or that sort of thing? And so you got to be thoughtful about that. Just better not to do it. Um, obviously have the conversation if that's what you want, but it's generally not a place that you want employees like really dabbling. Um, what's the branding? What's the approval process? Does legal need to be involved? Compliance. The more that there is an internal review process, the more likely that the team that would need to be reviewing it has to really look at is this the best place to spend this hour a month that I'm going to need to review your thing? And so like thinking of it from the business standpoint, yes, I love that you have all this energy, your eagerness, you want to share the world, but there are some like business implications. And, um, you know, that's what I'm trying to lay out there. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to say employee generated content, created content is a massive opportunity for brands. It's just one of those areas that is not as defined. And so oftentimes if you're the first, you're going to need to like be ready for this to be a collaborative process. And one of the other recommendations I would have is like, talk about it as a pilot. Pilots are always a lot easier. <laughs> There's like a start and stop. There's a way that we're gonna measure success. Um, we're gonna do this for this period of time. Always easier to say yes to like, okay, we could try that for three months or we could try that for six months or whatever that is versus like, I wanna perpetually own this thing. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I'll say coming from the world that I live in is like once one person does it, this is where that creator culture comes from. You're going to have four or five others that are like, oh, that's cool. I want to do it too. And so 
I think you and I, before we started this conversation, talked a little bit about that. And just like that becomes a much more, you know, large investment for the company. There's a lot of opportunity there, but it just makes it a lot more complex too. Totally. And um, well, you're already talking about stuff, which is, uh, there's a trend, which is the creative economy, and it's also, uh, you know, corporate creators and, and corporate influencers. Um, but maybe in a, in, a, in a few sentences, where do you see this, this world going? <laughs> <laughs> maybe short term, not, not in the time where nobody knows it anymore. I mean, I think what you're saying already is this kind of creator culture, which I really love because it does give people a space to be authentic and provide a point of view. And to your point that there's so much, something more like human and valuable about um, yeah. AI is going to be, it's a beauty and a curse, right? Like there's a lot of really goodness that it's going to bring. But I do foresee from a content standpoint, from a social standpoint, it's going to get real noisy because people can try to automate and offload that like you know the summarizing of content the like come up with these ideas on how we do this and that's great you want that but if everybody's doing that exact same thing then like how do you how do you find what you're looking for it just gets really noisy and so i think those are two of the trends that you're going to start to see um i also think it's not going to be and this has been for a while but i don't think it's just about sharing information anymore i think it's part of the packaging around how you're bringing it to life. It's not just this information, the words you put on the page. It's the like, what's the cool visual? Uh, earning the attention um, and doing so in a way that is like fresh and concise and entertaining. Like I do think entertainment becomes a part of this because um, it's, how, it's how it stands out. And then it's also how it sticks in your brain so that you remember it and you take action on it later, which is ultimately what we're all trying to do <laughs> with this. But I'd say at the end of all of it, it really comes back to creating value, not noise, thinking about your audience, um, you know, using the data that you're getting. So when you're posting things, if you're posting things and it's like nobody's engaging, nobody's liking it, nobody, that's noise. And even if you have yeah. the best intention in the world and it's a very insightful post, what that tells me is that you might need to spend some time trying to connect with those people uh, that you, that would find this this conversation that you're trying to have out in the world more valuable. And so like definitely thinking about um, more of just like, is it doing what you're thinking about? And going back to like professional social media, you're trying to be intentional with it. So taking some time to be like, is it doing what I want it to do? Am I getting value out of this? Because um, if you're not, don't be spending the time doing it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, Rhonda, before I ask the last question, I want to say thank you not only for coming on the show, but also for the work that we've had together or the work we've done together. Because I really, um, and I think it came out here today in the conversation as well, you have a very human touch to this. Like you you really, like you cherish the people that, so that want to create and want to do stuff, but you give, you know, guidance and the room for it. And, and, and that's very special. So thank you so much uh, for, for all the, the years together uh, where we have done that. And maybe the last question, which goes, um, if you were to go back in, in, in your career, what do you think uh, you wish you would have known about marketing or social or about this whole world that would have helped you earlier in your career? Oh, that's funny. Um, first thing I almost said was like, buy Zoom stock. <laughs> um, I think for me, and you kind of like touched on it just before we went into this of like the approach around things is like, I feel like I would tell myself to trust my gut. And um, 
that I know more than I think I do. And I think I feel like I'm not alone in having imposter syndrome. You said something before. I was like, am I adding value? And I love that, like, that's the intention behind what you're doing. It's not, hey, I want to be an influencer. It's like, hey, I am passionate about this topic and I want to, like, be the connector of conversation around it. And so, like, I do think, um, you know, sadly, I think that corporate culture and there are some managers, and I'll intentionally say manager, not leader, that foster that sense of you don't know anything um, because it protects them a little bit. I don't know. I can only assume that that's what it is. Uh, it makes them feel more safe in their own role. And in early in my career, you know, I thought I had to get to a level to really trust my, my and build confidence in what I had. And so I think for me, um, helping build that momentum and that confidence and like, I don't know, you call it as like, I, I want to be the like um, hype girl for my team and the people that I get to work with because I feel like there's a lot of the like of the corporate culture that doesn't perpetuate that and I and I wish that as a younger um you know younger in my career that I would have trusted that more intrinsically but I am very um thankful that I had a team around me that helped to build that confidence I wish it would have been something that like I felt more um ownership of without needing uh someone else's like high-fiving or whatever but I guess that's also part of how you grow and learn too so maybe I'm being a little harsh on myself (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for coming on the show of course thank you now we're at the end of the show so thank you for staying until the end it really means a lot to me you're the best if you haven't done so remember to connect with me on linkedin or with Rhonda on linkedin or instagram we look forward to catching up and getting some engagement going and if you haven't done so remember that like and that subscribe leave a comment down below it makes a huge difference honestly and it's such a joy for me to do these things for you as a community so thank you for being part of it and i'm looking forward to welcoming you on the next episode which i know it's going to be and we're really good so thank you take care and see you on the next episode Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.